Where's flat 480? Is this flat 480? Welcome to flat 480. Hello and welcome back to flat 480. It's your favorite roomies, Sabine and Leo, recording all the way from Canterbury and Prague straight to you. So today we're going to be talking about gaslighting. And the reason we're doing that is right now, a lot of light has been shed on gaslighting. Um, and if you don't really know what that is, we don't want you to worry. We've got you. We're going to explain what it is, what it looks like, how it can impact a person. And we're just going to go into it. And we're going to share some stories and certain people's experiences to hopefully protect anyone that is or is at risk of becoming a potential victim. So Sabine, how about you start us off by explaining to us what gaslighting is? Okay, so gaslighting essentially is a form of psychological manipulation. And it's really a form of emotional abuse. And basically what happens is uh, the victim starts to question their own reality and what they perceive to be true, whether it's in their thoughts or their feelings. And the main characteristic, let's say, is that the gaslighter makes the victim feel invalidated. And it's not that the individual's reality gets cancelled, but it's more so that the perception that they have of reality gets overwritten. and the the victim no longer knows what is right in front of them and they start to doubt what they see you know what I mean yeah I get you and yeah and just to add on so I feel like the problem with gaslighting is that it is essentially that the gaslighter's behavior is usually subtle it's a subtle collection or a subtle pattern of actions and behavior which in essence they manipulate the person that they're interacting with who essentially becomes the victim um, into questioning everything that they know, that they think, that they believe. And it's not even just in relation to their thoughts in that moment. It can even affect the way they remember their memories, the way they perceive situations. The victim of gaslighting no longer is not only in touch, but they no longer perceive reality for what it is, but they more so perceive it for the way that the gaslighter tells them that reality happened. Yeah, Leah, it's exactly what you mentioned, and it can be summarized in this perfect statement. And it's like, it's not that the reality was cancelled, but an individual or the victim's uh, perception of reality gets overwritten. It's interesting. Actually, last night I was sitting down with a friend and I was discussing uh, with her, I, was, I mentioned to her that, oh, the next topic of our podcast is gaslighting. And she was really interested. She was like, oh, what does that mean? Can you describe it a little? And so I told her, it's like when someone makes you feel like um, what you see or what is true to you isn't actually true and doesn't really apply and make you question yourself and what you saw. And after I had explained the definition, that's when she shot up so many stories and the goal of this episode today is to present it in a specific light where you guys can maybe reflect on it and see if it's happened to you in the past or uh, if you have some crazy stories to share with us later on. But there's for some reason, I found it hard to relate to that definition because it kind of seemed general. Can you maybe say what it sounds like or what I should look out for or what are red flags for me to realize that I've been gaslit and I'm sure like the people listening if you if they feel or have experienced some things what are some things to look out for so 
common things that a gaslighter usually says to a per to a victim is stuff like you're crazy, you're way too sensitive, or you're just being dramatic. Learn to take a joke. Um, basically, trying to is that how it sounds like exactly, and that's what's the problem with it is that it's such everyday normalized conversation that you know you're making a big deal out of nothing. Why can't you let it go? Why are you playing the victim? That's not what I said. That's what you heard. Stuff like this. You're twisting facts. You're this. And the problem with that is what tends to happen is that when this behavior is stretched out over a long period of time and someone is constantly telling you this, it affects your sanity. You just end up seeing exactly what that person wants you to see, think, or feel. And the problem is they do something wrong and then you're expected to apologize. So Sabine, now that we've in a way discussed what it is, what it looks and sounds like, and how it can make a person feel or behave, why do people generally tend to gaslight others? Okay, so what makes a gaslighter? That's so interesting because actually we learned, we learned about it in psychology. And uh, for those of you psych geeks, <laughs> um, what, what tends to happen from exactly how Leah described is that the gaslighter usually has um, a personality disorder. So there are two main, let's call them perpetrators. Uh, if you know me, you know that I'm obsessed with crime. And that is my favorite go-to word. So <laughs> uh, the two perpetrators of uh, gaslighting you tend to fall in either of these categories. The first one is those with narcissistic personality disorder. And second, believe it or not, they walk among us and talk like us and behave like us to some degree. And those are the sociopaths. And not in a condescending way or anything, but there are so many people with um, sociopathic tendencies. And these two categories of, let's call them personality disorders, uh, are most likely to um, be the gaslighters. Okay, but like the moral of the story is like usually sociopaths do it to get something out of you, to like extort you or like to exploit you. Narcissists, yeah. they do it so that to feel that dependence and that control and that sense of power over you. Yeah. Okay. A little bit more of the psych background. Um, people with personal with uh, narcissistic personality disorder usually have exaggerated feelings of self-importance and uh, grandoise. Um, and they have an excessive craving for admiration and they really struggle with empathy, very similar to sociopaths. These people are often successful or dream of power and um, a strong sense of uh, admiration, basically. And they display obsessive thoughts and patterns in their behavior and actually, I, or I should say ironically, it's because they have some uh, childhood trauma or uh, an abusive situation back in their childhood that they never really healed from. So in order to protect themselves at that young age, they had to form a new perception of reality in order to cope. The crazy thing is they carry that into adulthood or adolescenthood and they start to portray their realities or let's say their thoughts as reality and try to 
belittle belittle the other uh, person or other individual or in the in this case the victim's reality and make it and invalidate them for the sole purpose that their reality stands and it stems from them trying to protect the reality that they had built for themselves as a young child because of the trauma that they tried to cope with isn't that so crazy that's insane that's so fascinating because it's when you really think about it you can have an individual whose actions are so so terrible whose behaviors and mannerisms are atrocious but it's because they've experienced that same form of abuse that they're inflicting mm-hmm. or on others as a child and like what sort of baffles me is that if you experience that a lot of the times i guess i don't know Sometimes I just wonder how, if people experience a certain thing, you know how there's two ways that people tend to go about it. Either they choose to become better from it or they either mimic the actions that they saw. Yeah. So I guess sometimes it's hard for me to understand and this is where I would need someone to explain it to me, why some people choose that route as opposed to like saying this happened to me, this made me feel this type of way um, and I don't ever want to put anyone in that situation. Look at the end of the day it's a I don't want to say it's a choice because you can't decide one day you're going to be a, a you're going to have a narcissistic personality. I think it just happens as um your environment shapes you, you know? Yeah. And do you and think a lot of people are even aware of it? No, and that's the thing because actually gaslighting as a form of manipulation comes in three stages. And Um, we can go into more depth uh, on that if you like about like the three stages of the actual gaslighting because you described perfectly how it sounds like and how what you should look out for now that you mentioned it I'm gonna be like oh Leah said that this is a form of gaslighting and I should be hyper aware of that uh, of the situation that's going on around me but there are so many people in a situation where they don't realize it's gaslighting because it's not it's not identical to those phrases but in actuality it's because gaslighting comes in three stages that's and actually those- brilliant i i really wanted to get on that point because some people the reason that they don't recognize that they're being gaslighted is because it's actually been described as a very intimate form of abuse and that's mm-hmm. where the confusion starts is that it's not your typical definition of violent passive aggressive abuse there is so it's so subtle it's so cunning in its nature that so many people just are so oblivious to it and they're so deep into it by the time they realize that either they themselves realize or a third party realizes that they're in fact being victimized and abused so Sabine do you want to explain to us where the term gaslighting came from and what the three stages that make gaslighting up or yeah of course do you know why people are so far down the line when they realize they've been gaslit no it's because of these three things that the way that it's done is this is a uh, not the best way to describe it but in some ways it's brilliant because it hits you from left field and you have no idea what's going on because in the first stage this victim is like whisked off their feet And the gaslighter presents themselves as the perfect mate and the person that can do no wrong and the caring and the loving and the... And what is oh, this baby, stage my- called? 
you're my everything. Oh, yeah, perf. It, perf. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. <laughs> um, this is called the idealization stage. And what happens okay. during this stage? Yeah, like I said, the gaslighter uh, whisks this person off their feet. You're showered with presents, with love, with compliments. You feel like you're the only person in the world that matters to this individual. You are everything to them. Uh, their life won't be the same without you. And you start to really enjoy the feeling that they give you. And who doesn't like to be flattered? This is, at the end of the day, flattery, you know? And this is where the term too good to be true, like, could not have existed for a better context. Honestly, you hit the nail on the head with this yeah go ahead say it say it and scream it off the building if you feel like it's too good to be true it probably is and like this is obviously not to take a pessimistic view of things but you know like in relationships whatever the type of relationship whether it's a parental relationship a friend relationship a relationship with a partner whatever your relationship is you, I actually saw this in a movie once. You like because you love despite. So someone's flaws should be apparent to you and you should be able to love them through that. But if something just seems too good to be true constantly and this person is just magic, I would just question where that came from. Leah, again, spot on. You guys, take home message. If it's too good to be true, it's because it probably is. And that's because nobody's perfect. We all have our flaws. We're, we all need therapy. This is why Leah and I decided to make this podcast in the first place. Um, I see, if that's it's too hilarious. Good, you know right? what I saw once? It's like the friend who usually therapizes is the one that needs the most therapy. Amen. <laughs> But Leah, you're my therapist, so I am chin chilling. I have <laughs> oh, to say. Done. Okay, yeah, so go on to the second stage. So we have okay. idealization and then So put yourself in this individ- in this victim's shoes. You're now feeling over the moon, your partner loves you, you're the best thing that's ever happened to them. I don't know what. Then stage two hits. And it hits hard because the victim goes from being super adored to being incapable of doing anything right. And the gaslighter is like, why are you not doing this right? Why are you doing that right? Uh, not doing that right? Why are you behaving this way? Uh, all these things. And you start to kind of question yourself. But not in... Okay, I, I will make a side note here. Sometimes... As we said, relationships aren't perfect, and there's so many. There could be so many uh, little uh, differences because of you know your different childhoods. You grew up differently. You come from different places, or you came from the exact same place. Nurture versus nature versus nurture debate, whole other topic. And in some cases, of course, this like little conversation, like I would like you to work on this, and I would like you to work on that. That's constructive criticism, and that is how relationships succeed but if you're constantly doing something wrong and you tell your friends like I did this and that and he's telling me I'm doing something wrong or she's telling me I'm doing something wrong but I don't feel like I'm doing something wrong that's probably because honey (laughs) you're being gaslit and it's crazy because you start to feel so desperate to make things right and it could be as small as like making the coffee the right way or um, 
saying things in the right way and that to someone that's probably been in a healthy relationship whether that's be it with your family with your friends uh, partners work they would understand or they would see that that's maybe not quote unquote normal and i just wanted to add something and it is at this point that the victim begins to suffer from a loss of self-confidence they begin mm-hmm. to question their own decisions and intuition they become extremely desperate not just for the approval of the person that they're with or the person that's inflicting this and a lot of the time by the way it's little kids and their friends that end up in this situation Um, so I don't want this to be taken just in one kind of context because it exists in so many forms but yeah exactly you begin to doubt your own self-worth your own self-perception you begin to be you become desperate for whatever it is that whether it is to keep a person whether it's to get acceptance whether it's to be heard and believed whatever you it fosters this feeling of desperation within a person that in a way makes them that begins the ball of dysfunctionality you start to function you start to malfunction in a way like not to not not that i'm saying you lag but like you do start <laughs> okay and for the third stage it's called the discard stage and it's actually when the victim is dropped they're no longer a part of um, the gaslighters daily activities or they just up and leave um, or they feel isolated like they don't know who they're speaking to and it's really common in friendships actually where like there's a trio and then all of a sudden one person gets iced out after feeling super valued and then at some point uh they kind of feel like they're no longer included and they're doing something wrong it's because they don't text enough it's because they don't call enough it's because they live far away and then the third stage is actually when that person gets dropped and gets as i said like um left on red (laughs) and it, this is usually when the gaslighter is either starting this the idealization stage one or grooming of the next victim and the person is left feeling empty and to some degree they start to actually believe that they have gone insane. Exactly. That's the saddest part is that this in this throughout this whole process the person isn't just affected on an emotional level. It's a psychological level where you question your own sanity, where your own sanity is eroded. And that, of course, like it depends on what point you realize that you've been put in that situation. But yeah. that's the difficulty in bouncing back. It's like regaining your reality, regaining your sanity. And that's extremely difficult to do because... As long as you're with a person that makes you doubt everything about yourself and about your decisions and even about your memories, you really do lose touch with yourself and your own reality. So anyways, so just to go back now, so where did the term gaslighting come from? Of course, when you first hear the word gaslighting, you're like, we're not talking about a canister and some lanterns, you know, like... (laughs) No, gaslighting comes from Patrick Hamilton's play, and it was actually called Gaslight. Now, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but the moral of the story is that there's a gaslight, and it goes on and off, or it gets dimmed, sorry. 
and the husband convinces the wife that it's not the light that's becoming blessed it's not the light that's actually dimming it's her own insanity that's causing her to believe that anyways and the problem with gaslighting is a lot of the time and now don't i don't want anybody to misunderstand what i'm trying to say right now but historically the majority of gaslighting victims have been women and let me explain why that is the case basically throughout history hysteria and the idea of loss of sanity and insanity has been fully um how do i say this but it's been very linked <coughs> to the idea of femininity to the point where i'm sure a lot of people have studied this through literature or through depictions of history where women would be sent to psych wards by their husbands if the husband did not approve of a certain action or a behavior it was very easy for a man to call a woman crazy right and why is that the case the word hysteria itself comes from a latin phrase which sabine what does the what is the latin phrase please tell me just take a guess it actually means uterus in latin precisely i'm actually very surprised you knew that of course they are <laughs> i had a whole latin terminology course i know but like i was shocked cuz i didn't know yeah. you knew that honestly i didn't know that till today and i just sat there feeling extremely offended to be honest um yeah. but yeah like that's insane to me anyways going back to this play so now you know he convinced his wife that she was going crazy even though it was visible facts that she was seeing the light dim this man convinced her that it was all in her head so that is the power of manipulation that a person can have and that's why gaslighting is so dangerous um and it really is it really is and so just to like give further examples just so you can understand and I'm not even going to go into real life examples right now I'm just going to give you popular shows and popular movies that will put this into context for you but for example I don't know if you've seen the invisible man that's a very 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 good depiction of gaslighting I'm not going to spoil it again but when you look at it I want you not only the the reason that the film was so powerful is because people got to see it from the victim's side. Um so again if you haven't seen it I would recommend and you're interested in this topic I would recommend you go view it and really try and understand. Obviously like teach their own interpret it how you will. I just think the concept of how a person is able to manipulate someone else's mind is very well uh, demonstrated by that movie another one that is extremely extremely important again no spoilers intended but if you watch the show on Netflix it's called unbelievable guys this show is insane i myself have barely like i'm only starting it now but the gist of it is that oh i should have said trigger warning Gaslighting in this context wasn't done by two people with a relationship. It was a girl who gets raped on I'm just okay, I'm trying not to spoil anything, but a girl gets raped, she goes to the police who are supposed to protect her, and because they gaslight her so much, she begins to doubt whether she actually had experienced such situation. So anyways, yeah, that is a trigger warning right there, but she and because the police doubt her so much, she begins to her her um perception of reality becomes so like foggy she starts to question her own experiences is what i'm trying to say no honestly it makes perfect sense lay remember when we watched 
Um, okay, you guys, background story. Leia and I, um, over this break, were obsessed with a show called uh, Dirty John, and the specific um, case was that of Betty Broderick. Also, no spoilers. Poor My woman. She was not gas lit, by the way, or gas lighted. She was gas fireworked. Like, this poor individual really, really suffered. It's an incredible show. I, is it a show or is it a documentary? I don't know. It's kind of in between the two, right? It's, it's not a documentary. Of, no, it's not. It's like a dramatize, dramatization. What's the word? Dramatization. Dram- okay, anyways, keep going. But basically, yeah. yeah, going back to it, Go- it was just a show based on a true story. Yeah, exactly. That's what it was. And it highlights gaslighting to the next level. And it just shows you, like, you see the victim go through all all the stages that we've talked about, um, the psychological pain that it takes, that she took on when she was trying to address her feelings. and. Was, she was basically invalidated every single time. And can I just add on one more thing? Just like, obviously not to spoil anything, but the reason we're asking you guys to watch this show so much is because if you do watch it, you'll understand why the gaslighter, what the motive behind his actions were. You'll also see how his motives controlled his behavior towards this woman and his desire to maintain his finances destroyed, distorted this woman's, not just her sanity, her perception of reality. It's, it's crazy to see what a person that has no actual idea that they're experiencing something, how blindsided they can be. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. And it makes me sad. Like, I sit here and we're talking about it, and it makes me sad for her all over again. It's just crazy, because even when you watch it, you it's kind of like, uh, what's that word, dramatic? When, every, when all the character, everyone knows what's happening except that character. Dramatic irony? I'm pretty sure. It's like, okay, let me, let me just look it up to make sure my uh, poetic devices are still intact. Shout out English IB Langlet. <laughs> basically langlet hello hl hello um oh you did hl bravo i could barely (laughs) dramatic irony is a form of irony that is expressed through a work structure and audience's awareness of the situation in which a work's character exists differs substantially from that of the characters and the words and actions of the character basically i was right is what i'm hearing cite cite your sources um britannica.com there you go. Okay, you if it you're here watching first. a movie, okay, this is on vocabulary.com. If you're watching a movie about the Titanic, a character leaning on the balcony right before the ship hits the iceberg says, it's so beautiful. I could just die. <laughs> I love. But I just wasn't expecting that. <laughs> so it's, it's dramatic irony occurs when the audience knows something that the characters don't. But the point is just that it was dramatic irony. That is what they relied on. And it was this concept that we knew what was going on. The husband knew what was going on. Oh, it was a concept that we knew what was going on. The gaslighter knew what was going on. Except for Betty. Betty was just 
literally she the only reality she knew is that that the gaslighter told her mind blown honestly wait Thanks for the sound effects. <laughs> no copyright there. Literally. Produced by Leia <laughs> Okay, guys. So now we're nearing the end of the episode. Even though it's been quite a long episode, I know that we're just scratching the surface on gaslighting and we're just introducing a lot of people to gaslighting and just in the hopes that if they're in that situation, they can either help themselves out or find professional help to get them out of there. So for the end of the episode, we wanted to try and help you if you feel like you're in that situation um, with things that you can say and that you can do just as a primary way of just getting yourself out and examining situations to see if this actually applies to you. But again, we have to let you know we're not medical professionals, we're not therapists, but we're trying to help you through research and through what we find. And it is advice from therapists. Anyways, yeah. we're going to try and give you advice that we feel like will help you. But anyways, yeah, so please, like, if you do feel like you're facing such a situation, please find professional help. We're trying our best through research and through analysis to give you just ways to primarily combat whatever you might be going through. Um, but yeah, please just try and seek help or ask us questions and we'll point you in the direction of proper advice. So anyways, back to what you can say in situations where you're put in a physical situation where somebody is telling you, you're crazy, you're this, that's not what I said, that's not what I did, you're too sensitive, you're too this, you're too that, it's, your actu it's actually your fault. Here's what a few things that you can say to them. Tell them, like with all due respect, that is not how I remember that situation, and stick to your memory of that situation. Tell them, I, that's not how I experienced it, Tell them if they continue to discredit or disregard or invalidate you and what you have to say, that you're not going to continue that conversation. Um, and just stuff along that line, like stick to your belief of the situation. And until the, they're when and of course it depends on the person in front of you and how genuine they are. But you have to say that your feelings, your perception of certain events or your interaction with them even if they do not agree are in fact valid anyways those are just a few things that you can say in such situations i really do hope they help i hope that you never get put into such situations but if you do i hope that this stuff helps you sometimes the safest and actually the most effective way to deal with it is to remove yourself from the situation precisely and I think that's very important because sometimes I personally f uh, feel the need to have the last word when in many situations the best option would be for me to simply not speak my mind to the degree that I would because whether I do or don't won't get me anywhere. It won't get the result that I hope for by having the last word and it doesn't make my argument my argument like it doesn't solidify my argument it just might take away from it so I have tried to enforce this in my own life in certain situations where I do not feel comfortable and I do not feel that the person I'm sitting with is receptive of what I'm saying I would 
rather remove myself from that situation and not address it any further. Because what you say can and will be held against you. <laughs> in a court of law. Um, but yeah, <laughs> more so as well. Like, And even in, that's, of course, the first thing you should do is try your best to remove yourself from the situation if you can, if possible. And try to stay, not just like necessarily that you, because sometimes it's a relationship with a parent or somebody that you can't really get away from. But try to limit your interactions with them until you feel like you can see things more clearly. Because the problem with gaslighters is that they tend to isolate you. And you tend to feel like you're out of place everywhere you go. And you tend to feel super like you're always wrong and super self-conscious about everything you think. So just try That's to... so interesting. Right? So try mm. to get yourself away from that situation enough to see clearly whether that means cutting a person off, whether that means just staying away for a little bit of time, whether it means talking to a professional... Also, it could help if you have a trusted person to get their insights on a situation. Because what tends to happen is, for example, if I was in a situation where someone was constantly telling me I was crazy, I would run it past my sister and be like, am I actually crazy? Or like, am I, am I misunderstanding something or is something really wrong? And my sister is the best judge of that. Sometimes she'll call me out and be like, not, not, she doesn't gaslight me. My sister wants, has my best interest at heart. But... She'll straight up be like, no, like, this is not, you're, you're, it's not that you're wrong, but it's not the intention, like the, basically you're, you're viewing the interaction from a side that was never intended, that it was never intended to come across. Exactly. And so sometimes she's like, even though you can, you should voice that you didn't like that, you should say and stand your ground. However, don't let it make or break your relationship with this individual. Whereas in other situations where a person's constantly calling me crazy or telling me this or that, and I go to my sister and she'll honestly tell me, you know, like straight up, no, that's not true. You're not crazy. You're, she'll, I, and I know for a fact that she would, she'd be like, no, like this person is completely out of line. So sometimes it could help to have a friend or like, but like a trusted friend. Yeah. So sometimes it's best to see from a friend, a sibling, even my brother. Oh my God, I go to my brother about everything. I know people are like, that's so weird, he's younger. But no, my brother gives me actually the best advice. And he's the only person that can genuinely make me feel better in like annoying situations because he's the only person that knows that when I'm frustrated, I don't like to talk. Everyone else wants to talk about my feelings. I don't want to. Anyways. Guilty as charged, I'm sorry. So in certain situations, there are people I want to say better suited to understand you and I think a problem with that is uh some people even though they have your absolute best interest and at heart will um present a situation as though it's like kind of big a bigger deal than it actually is and that's because they love you and they try to protect you and just because they didn't go through th something themselves does not mean it's not a normal situation to go through. They just simply haven't had that specific experience that you have had and don't realize that actually it's way more common than we might think. I could not have said that better myself. Anyways, I think, is there anything else you would like to add, my darling? Uh, No, that's it. I don't want to add anything else, but I do urge you guys to go and watch the Betty Broderick case. And we're trying so hard not to spoil it, but I just, 
I think it's crazy. Like you see somebody's mental health crumble in front of you, and all you want to exactly. do is shake the per- the gaslighter and be like, "What are you doing?" And look at that person and be like, "No." Like, and also one more thing, just on that show, guys. There was one episode where they put the they put a therapist. It's like part of the show. Should I say where they put him or no? Not to give like clues. It's very interesting. I'm going to say it. So they put the therapist on the stand. Ooh, there's a stand. Ooh, there's a court. Yes. Yes. This was a case of law. Why was it a case of law? Because something happened. Because you know what? Victims of gaslighting. Just saying when you feel like you've got nothing to lose. Somebody going to lose something is all I'm saying. Um, anyways, yeah. So they put this therapist on the stand. And he explains gaslighting and victims and what they go through and their emotional release and mm-hmm. what that can do to a person like no other. So I would really recommend Agreed. you see this show. Anyways, I agree. thank you so very much for watching our, or for listening to our podcast. We really hope you enjoyed today's episode. It's a simple droplet of water in the ocean that is gaslighting and the effects that it can have on individuals and that's more or less it thanks again for listening and if you've made it to episode two we really appreciate all the support (laughs) we've been trying to start a podcast for ages now and we want to apologize for the delay we've just been going through traveling and in covid not a thing not an easy thing at least but we're home. We made it. We're safe. Uh, comments and concerns about travel, please do DM us. We can help. We have become experts. So thank you so much for stopping by Flat 480. Your two very loving roommates and toxic therapists, Sabine and Leah.